Thank you for joining us for another episode of CryptoCurrent. Just one quick reminder. CryptoCurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the CryptoCurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other CryptoCurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes. What's going on, everybody? For Cryptocurrent, my name is Stephen Miller, and you're watching Cryptocurrent Live, the show where we bring you the latest, the greatest from the crypto world every single Tuesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. As always on this Tuesday edition, I am joined by my co-host, Richard Carthon. Richard, how are we doing today? Doing better. Uh, last week, we saw a little bit of a correction, and it kind of extended, and now we're starting to see the rebound. So the real question is, have we found support, and are we really starting to head to this final pump of the last of the as we're going to this new year that's the that is to be found out we have a huge 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 show in store for everyone here today so i'm excited for that how about you how you doing dude i actually am really stoked for this episode this has been something that i've had in the back of my head for the better part of the last like four weeks um because i'm the one on the team that goes in and schedules all these live streams i remember plugging it in i'm like oh baby we're gonna pack Every single segment that we do in a week into one episode. <laughs> so, hope everyone tuned in, get ready for a long one, but it's going to oh, be yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah. We, again, we've got a great show ahead. We like to get into the biggest stories of the week this week in the Aftershock. Then, we're going to be jumping into a little game of buy, sell, or hodl for the holidays. Then, we have Crypto Decrypted, where we're going to be taking apart airdrops for you and helping you understand what you need to be looking out for if you want to get airdropped some, let's just call it what it is, free money. And then last but not least, we're going to jump into the Tuesday classic of blockchain bets, where Richard and I face off and ultimately, um, most of the time I win and telling you which coins are best to look at for the next week. So let's jump in. How about that? Let's get it. Sweet. So as we said, this is the CC Live Holiday Special. So please do us a favor. Make sure that you are subscribed. Like, comment on this video as well. Because we want to make sure that you have had a very happy holiday with your family and friends. We're very grateful that you're here. And we're excited to get into this with you. So let's just do exactly what we just said and jump into... Oh, where did it go? We need to jump into something. The Aftershock. The Aftershock. So every week on The Aftershock, normally Chris and I are the ones that bring you one big story that's happened in crypto across the week. And then we break it down for you and help you understand what the implications of it are for the broader crypto market. This week, because it's a little bit different, we got a different style of show for you. We are going to break this down in DeFi lightning round to start and then move into a little bit of an NFT update for you. So the biggest stories of this week in terms of the DeFi landscape and the broader crypto um, world. 
takes off first with this news that Odell Beckham Jr. has decided to take his entire salary this year in Bitcoin. Um, Richard, is this just the start of what we're seeing from um, NFL players taking crypto salaries? Yes. So, of course, you had like big names earlier in the year um, that came in, like uh, Lawrence with the uh, Florida Jaguars. Jaguars. He took his entire former football player. Get it together. I just also don't like that team at all. So, of course, the Jacksonville Jaguars are the furthest thing from my mind. But anyway, he took his paycheck in it. And now you have Odell taking it. Is this the beginning? Absolutely. Because people are going to wake up and be like, oh yeah, I got it in this. And then like, I let it sit because I mean, you got to think about it. They're already getting other money. Like he has endorsements. He has other things coming in. So if he's getting his paycheck in Bitcoin and he's getting his cost basis at 60 and then, you know, he wakes up three, five, three to five years from now and Bitcoin's anywhere from hundred to 500 K he won, he won real big and it was a great bet. And a lot of other NFL players are looking at that too. So I think it's just the beginning. Look, man, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I think that that is just one of the narratives that we're going to see develop in the wild world of sports. Um, otherwise, in the lightning round today, we're talking a little bit about um, how Bitwise Invest has come out and made a public statement saying that DeFi will become a $15 trillion industry in the next five years. I think that's ambitious, but I think that it would be very, very cool to see it actually grow to that size by the end of next year or even by the end of this year. It'll never happen this year, but hey, what are you going to do? Four years down the line, 2024. (laughs) Next piece of news, MetaMask has also shared data that they have officially exceeded 21 million monthly active users. That is such a milestone for them for reasons we'll get into later as well. But that amount of users getting engaged on the Ethereum blockchain and other blockchains probably less so than Ethereum because frankly, the base user really understands how to use it with Ethereum. But it's like the advanced and expert users know how to configure it for other networks. So very cool that that's going on for MetaMask. And then here's the big story out of DeFi that I really wanted to touch on with you, uh, Richard. Uh, Suzu, who is the CEO and like lead founder on Three Arrows Capital, has officially made it known that they have abandoned Ethereum in favor of Avalanche. That's really big news considering like a lot of people follow Three Arrows Capital and consider what Suzu says like gospel in the world of DeFi and um, just specifically crypto investing. So I'm curious as to, first of all, what is your take on that piece? So I've, I'm starting to develop a love-hate relationship with Ethereum. Ultimately, Ethereum is going to be here and it's going to be... Um, it's already proven itself as an amazing platform to build on top of. The issue is going to be gas forever. So can Ethereum 2.0 truly come out and eliminate the real challenge of gas fees? If it does, I don't think Ethereum's going anywhere anytime soon and is going to be a really tough platform to beat. If it cannot solve the ETH 2.0 challenge of gas, man, um, I don't want to say people are going to jump ship, but it's already starting to see it. Um, Yes, Gas fees proves that Ethereum works, but you can't keep just being okay with spending an absorbent amount of money to make regular everyday transactions. It's just absurd. So Avalanche could be a way to go about it. It's interesting that they went in that direction. I think there was several other options they could have chosen, uh, but uh, how do I feel about it? I, I, don't, I don't know this early if that's the right call. My two cents. What do you think? I think that the big deal about this entire story is that the market is treating this as a FUD piece. 
And I think that you need to understand the perspective on this as to why he's decided to move away from Ethereum in favor of AVAX. So what Suzu actually had said after that was that he is abandoning ETH because he feels like ETH has abandoned its users. Um, it's a really interesting sentiment because of the fact to what you were pointing at, gas has gotten out of control. Like the fact that only the upper percent can actually utilize the network is insanity. And it should never have even gotten to this point. But with ETH 2.0 on the horizon, like I have hope for Ethereum. I think it's inevitable it will stay here. Like it's ne- as Gary Vee had once said, it's not a matter of and or or. It's always just and in this case. These networks are always going to be here. Like there is the idea of an ETH killer, which we'll get into later, is just not happening. It's never going to be that way. There are always going to be dual utilizations, some degree of duplicity of you know use between these blockchains. So in my opinion, this is like unnecessary FUD. And the bigger reason why I think this is an unnecessary FUD is you have a bunch of data coming out this week that backs up why you should still be interested in Ethereum. Yep. Time Magazine announced earlier this week that they plan on holding Ethereum on its balance sheet. Right now, total value locked is at all-time high in both DeFi and Layer 2. DeFi currently has $104 billion locked. L2 has $5.6 billion locked. And then last but not least, Ethereum transaction volume is officially at the highest level it's ever been at. Especially in the last five-month interval, which is insane to just think that people are still utilizing the network despite this. So... Again, it's all about and here to me. I don't think we're ever going to have an or or like an ultimatum that people need to move away from Ethereum. Uh, but that to me says the majority of it for the DeFi lightning round. But we do in fact have a little piece of breaking news here for you. Breaking news. Last week, you may have heard that a DAO formed called Constitution DAO. They basically got together, brought a bunch of public money together to, in, in an attempt to purchase a version of the Constitution of the United States of America. Constitution Dow just announced that their next goal, now that they were unsuccessful in getting that piece of the Constitution, is they're going to go after an NBA team. Digest that. I heard a really interesting conversation about this the other night. Um, Not necessarily like preempting this, like this news is breaking. This is today. But the other night, um, I was listening to a conversation about Dows. And I got really, really interested in this because... If you think about the type of money that you need to bring together to buy the freaking Constitution of the United States of America, that's a lot. I mean, it's a lot. And most of these teams that are available for sale out there, they're in like the $1 billion range. But a lot of these DAOs have a ton of capital. So I would not be surprised if we start seeing more DAOs decide to form and then go create a DAO group to own like a professional sports team. But Richard, what do you think about that off top? Man, off top, if you have a decentralized autonomous organization owning companies, decisions will be made so slow. It will, in theory, it'd be cool to give people access to be able to go and like be a partial owner. And, you know, I mean, what happens if you, if, if they're successful and you have 100,000 people that are part of this DAO and the company and, and somehow that, that, that team wins the entire championship, do all of them? get a championship ring. There's just so many layers of like 
things that would have to be figured out. But above all, like it would be so interesting to see how it would disrupt the structure of just dealing with other owners in organizations and other stuff as well. So like, wow, my there's there would be so much to unpack there. My initial thought, my initial thought on that is just there's no way, but. It could happen if they raise enough money, but I don't know if if the NBA would step in and be like, no, we, we can't do this. Yeah, see, I don't think that you can actually have that um, happen. Like, I don't think the NBA steps in on that. I think that Dow ownership as a model would work pretty effectively, actually. I think that because you have ownership groups voting in a completely decentralized way, you can do it on the fly. You can set deadlines. You can set... Abst- like what the percentage you need for quorum to like make the decision is very simply it's like all through the contract itself but from there like i mean you look at other organizations like how they're divided into ownership like look at the green bay packers right the packers like you can go buy shares of ownership of the packers and say that you personally own part of the packers and you, and you're not telling a lie Right. But at that same point, though, like if you're an owner and part of the ownership is deciding who's going to be your coach, how are you going to go recruit? How are you going to do all this stuff? And if you're voting on all of these things, literally, it'd be super transparent every step of the way. And like, yeah, transparency is cool, but I don't know if every piece of every step of the way is a good process to run a company. Well, look, I think there are plenty of teams in the NBA that could use like the attention of something like this. Especially because like there are a lot of teams in the the NBA that could be acquired that are just traditionally losing franchises. Um, Mm -hmm. For example, um, one that is a shared team of you and I, the New Orleans Pelicans, can't seem to get their act together this year at all. And hey, maybe it's time to get some new ownership. Maybe it's time that good old Gail Benson kicked it over to um, the Constitution Dow. Will be interesting to say. (laughs) I'm going to watch, but goodness, man. Yeah, oh, look, the world is changing. Look, dude, we're we're really early, especially when it comes to Dow governance models. Like, it's going to take multiple evolutions through the next five years, just the next five years, and a lot of people are adopting it in a number of different ways and just continuing to experiment with it. Um, if you're interested in you know learning more about Dow governance models, whether you're joining us through YouTube or through our um, recast through the pod, our podcast platform please do us a favor. Let us know that you enjoy this and we will definitely get back into defining a DAO further for you and breaking it down so that you can understand what we're talking about in greater detail and why this may be the future of like you know, organizational dynamics. Uh, but let's jump into our next Aftershock piece, talking a little bit about non-fungibles. So there's some really big stories in non-fungibles break, um, coming out right now. And that will bring us to our second <laughs> breaking news piece of the day. We're going to get this really quick. It just happened. So let's play the drop. Breaking news. Crypto music platform Audius has just introduced embeddable NFT galleries into Twitter and Discord. But wait, there's more. Time Magazine and their um, development studio, Time Studios, that develops TV series, has just announced that they will be developing a series for network TV based on the NFT. Um, Project Robotos. I personally thought that Cool Cats was going to get one first. Wow. But Robotos officially got the green light and Time Studios will be backing them in terms of developing a network television series. Oh my gosh. Process those. (laughs) 
Like if you thought that on a holiday week, it was going to be tame folks. No, this is a no. very busy week in crypto. And I'm not sure that we know why yet. But I'm hoping no. that we get some more positive news because b- both of those stories are mind-blowing. But they're going to be huge for crypto at large. They're going to be massive. Oh my gosh. Because we keep just getting more and more use cases and more and more mass adoption, right? Like having a TV series that people can watch, understand a little bit more. And then like audience being able to drop something that you can put directly into Twitter. Ugh, oh my gosh, we're getting more and more everyday use cases, which is what we need for mass adoption. So I'm pumped. And I'm over the moon about all of this. Um, it's way past the moonshot for me at this stage of the game. Like I know that my personal, you know, conviction around NFTs and gaming and the metaverse is here to stay. And that's why I love doing these NFT news segments for um, both the Aftershock and Buy Seller Hoddle on our normal uh, Tuesday series. But these two pieces of news are lit. I'm very stoked about it. In other non-fungible news, non-breaking, really just the the more tame side of non-fungible news, we have ShowYou, which is the NFT marketplace from the folks who brought us SushiSwap. They've officially launched their marketplace. Um, if you've played around, if you've taken the time to play around in their metaverse um, that they released, it's like a big actual virtual gallery where you can go and see the pieces um, that they've curated. It's phenomenal. Um, it's really cool. I was going to say, Richard, you did get a chance to mess around in that, did you? I did. It's it's awesome. Like just even looking at it on my computer screen was cool, but I can't even imagine like having the like VR headset on and walking around in there. Like, man, the the future is now and it's awesome. Like it's so cool. Yeah. I I cannot wait to see what show you does with it. But if this NFT marketplace launch goes the way that we hope it will, we could finally see a decentralized alternative to OpenSea, which the market has been calling for for months. Um, I would be thrilled to leave OpenSea behind me. But again, we will deal with what we have for right now um, and get a little bit into OpenSea in a minute. Otherwise, another piece out of um, the folks at Time, they are launching their own Into the Metaverse newsletter. So Time is doubling and tripling down on NFTs and metaverses as we speak. And it's they couldn't have better timing, pun intended. Um, Richard, what do you think of all of this going on, especially with time and like publications? Is it that they're finally realizing they it, like are magazines final- are dead? Yes. Not only are they realizing that magazines are dead, they have to get their new audience. Who's the new audience? It's millennials, Gen Zers, et cetera. And where are they going to be living? They're going to be living in the metaverse. They're going to be living in virtual reality. They're going to be active on crypto and everything else that's going on. So how do you get these new users? You meet them where they are. And time is basically quadrupling down and saying, we have to be all in to capture this new audience. And it's really cool to see them jumping all over this. Like uh, It's it's rare that you see a, a an older company that's really trying to adapt to the times, pun intended. And they're, they're doing it, which is really cool. They're seeing that investment happening right now. Yeah, I'm... Really, really excited about this. I will be subscribing to that newsletter later. Um, but also, again, if you have not yet ventured into the NFT space and are interested in seeing some really interesting utilizations of it, Time is actually utilizing it very interestingly um, through their Time Time Pieces collection and some of the other offshoot collections that they've launched recently. Um, they are using it both for like access token permissions, but also to showcase some of like our country's greatest artists and some of the greatest artists in the NFT space in general. Um, I mean, the first series drop for timepieces 
I think they featured 16 different artists and mm-hmm. all of these artists were so legit, like just American illustrators, big time NFT influencers. Um, I can't pronounce his name on the show because you'll fire me. But um, one of the biggest out there, uh, I think we'll just spell it a little bit, F-V-C-K render um, is how it looks when you look at it on a sheet, but it's pronounced differently. He had a piece in there and it was amazing. I mean, it was some of the highest quality rendering I've ever seen. And from there, I mean, you just you have such a wide variety to choose from if you decide to go and pick out one of those NFTs. Um, but I'm really excited to see where time is taking this. Um, because earlier today, they also have announced that they're going to be collaborating on a drop with Roboto's. So yep. you're going to get like a Roboto's specific time drop airdrop to you if you're a time holder or if you are a Roboto's holder. So that to me is really cool. I think that's a really great development. But let's move into the next piece here. Before you do, I have to give a really quick shameless plug on the subject of really dope newsletters. We have an amazing newsletter that goes out Monday through Friday. It's powered by artificial intelligence. And if you're not on it, highly recommend it. We give you all kinds of new information like information like this. I know it's podcasts, our blogs, everything else. So if you're not on it, go check us out. Just want to shamelessly plug that real quick. And we will make sure that we have a link to that in the description below. But you can also go and subscribe to that by visiting our website, www.crypto-current.co. So let's move forward into our last piece of non-fungible news for this week. And that is regarding OpenSea. OpenSea, as you may know, is the major marketplace for NFTs right now. For the moment, please give us a new one, God. Uh, But in the past week, they have announced a number of new stats for the month. First of which is that they have achieved $75 million in sales. And over that um, figure, they've also, across the platform, burned over 6,600 Ethereum in those transactions. Wild. But But to continue burning through, get this, Richard. OpenSea reached $1.5 billion in volume for the month of November. Goodness, man. That's like, I'm not saying like up until November, it's been $1.5 billion. No, I mean like in the month of November, they, they processed $1.5 billion in transactions. Yeah, dude, we still have a lot of days left. It's, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It, it's pretty much like when these stats come out, it's like, I feel like this is OpenSea saying eBay eat your heart out, right? Yeah. Like, like they're not coming remotely close to this. No. And these numbers are insane. so early. No. I mean, the, the overall market cap for crypto just reached $3 trillion the other day. It, it, it retraced still back above like 2.5. You then just break that into like just the NFT space, significantly less than all of that. And right now, OpenSea is dominating the space. And so they are just crushing. And just like Steve just said, we are still so, 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 so very early. Yeah. And the most telling factor of that is that the people that contributed to that $1.5 billion in volume for the month of November, they also broke out a separate stat that I couldn't fit on our slide. It, there were only 36,000 ETH addresses that made up that volume. 36,000 ETH addresses. Let that sit. That's disgusting. Like that's just a stadium of people. Yep. A mini stadium. 
I mean, like if, if, if you were going to watch an Ohio State football game, which I highly encourage someone to do, that doesn't fill half the stadium. No. That's just, oh my God. Anyway, among that 1.5 billion in volume, you saw incredible sales out of Board Ape Yacht Club and the Mutant Ape Yacht Club, um, the highlights of which in Board Ape, uh, Board Ape number 8650 sold for 450 ETH. Just a very easy amount of money there. And Mutant Ape uh, number 14179, otherwise known as 14,179, I don't know how to read numbers apparently, sold for 100 ETH. Pretty crazy there. Axie Infinity did $181 million in sales. CryptoPunks did $42 million in sales, with two of them selling over 250 ETH. And then last but not least, just to put the icing on the cake, out of the Artblocks curated series from Tyler Hobbs, Fidenza 891 sold for 115 ETH. Like, it, it, these numbers just feel made up. They do. And as, as outrageous as some of these numbers are, like, for, for example, um, back in 2017, the most expensive crypto kitty sold for an ungodly amount of ETH, but it came out to be like, I don't know, $300,000. And people were like, oh, this person's insane. So people are probably thinking the same thing right now. These numbers are, are low compared to what they eventually can and probably will become, which that in itself like is crazy for me to verbally say out loud, but is most likely going to happen. And that's crazy. Oh, no doubt. And it like, again, I get hung up on it, right? Because again, I, I like to think that I'm very in the NFT space at this stage of the game. But what you're seeing right now, like when people are buying CryptoPunks for 250 ETH and buying Bored Apes for 450 ETH, they're not buying it thinking to themselves, it's going to stay at 450 ETH forever. No, they're planning on it appreciating, folks. Yeah. And they're, and, Meanwhile, they're also planning on Ethereum appreciating. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Some I mean, people like, do it as a flex, but the majority of them saying it's going to hold its value and they're going to be able to sell it for more if they have to. If they have to get liquid, they can at least get their money back and probably make a lot more. So yeah. that's, again, these are investments. Some are flexes. Most of these are investments. So let that sit in. Yeah, for sure. And look, I, I especially think that what we're seeing in Board Ape right now like that's going to be a forever project. The type of access that you're getting out of that project right now is insane. I mean, you're getting into exclusive concert experiences. You're getting onto yacht parties. You get to go to a, like an actual board ape club in Miami in like a few more months when they're done finishing that. I mean, it's, yep. it's absolutely wild that's going on there. And in my opinion, hot little hot take. Um, it's been argued in the NFT space for a minute. Um, I think that what we're seeing this week is just another sign that Board Ape is going to, in the near future, flip punks. And I did not, I did not think I would say that in the last like two or three months, but I'm pretty confident of it right now. It is having so much value, real world value. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, about where where crypto punks has been lacking, other than just being an OG, like Board Ape Yacht Club has a true marketing like vision and they're executing on it and they're truly making this like the cool kids club and they're absolutely executing on it and they're just doing more and more things where they're adding more and more value. So it's so much to the point where newer products that are launching are basically 
copying their model and figuring out how they can tailor it to their their club. They're they're literally being the trendsetter of the new age of NFT. So yeah, man, I I I, I would agree with that same, that sentiment for sure. Awesome. Well, look. That's going to wrap up our Aftershock segment for this week. If you appreciated the Aftershock, please let us know. Drop us a comment on YouTube or otherwise get in touch with us on our socials listed up above. You can, of course, get in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram with those handles up above. But we would love to hear from you and what you think. And if there's other stories that you want us to be covering, please let us know. Uh, We want to make sure that we are tailoring this content to you and making sure that every single week we give you something to learn from and cover the stuff that you want to hear more about. But that's going to do it for the Aftershock. Let's move into our next piece of this marathon episode with a little bit of buy, sell, or hodl. Buy, sell, or hodl. So as I said at the top of the show, normally in buy, sell, or hodl, we take you through specific stories and give you an idea as to whether or not it's a bullish sentiment or a bearish sentiment. But this week, we're going to play buy, sell, or hodl as a game. So we're going to first look at some Ethereum killers. And you'll be able to you know, kind of pick up what we're putting down in terms of how this game is played. But there's a very similar real life game that I'm not going to try to actually say on this podcast for fear I'd get fired. Um, again, you really don't like me to swear on the show. So <laughs> I, I really do my best, man. But like sometimes Gary Gensler pisses me off and then we have to bleep me in the aftermath. Um, but again, Ethereum killers. So you see three on screen right now. We're talking about Solana, Avalanche, and Polkadot. You have to assign a buy, a sell, and a hodl to each of these. Okay, so you can only use buy once, sell once, and hodl once. So let's start it out. What do you think? How are you going to place your buy, sell, and hodl across these ETH killers? Buying Sol- buying Solana, I am hodling dot, and I'm selling Avalanche. And you know what? Not a real big knot against Avalanche. I need to spend more time researching and getting more into it. I know the basis of what they're trying to accomplish, but I just haven't spent nearly as much time as I have in Solana and, and Polkadot. And that's how I'm going to just basically attack that. But Solana, I'm getting as much as possible because I think Solana legitimately has one of the best opportunities to come in and disrupt Ethereum, especially after I've used the platform multiple times for different projects and have sent myself transactions and seen how fast and cheap it is. Um, and then that same thing, the ecosystem that they're building is just so massive in the upward opportunity like you literally have the one of the lead developers from Ethereum who saw all the challenges leave create dot and said here's how we're going to make it better and they've literally just been doing that from the ground up from from day one so um that's how I would call it but how about you yeah look I have to give a lot of props to the good Dr. Gavin Wood over at Polkadot um I think that after doing an inordinate amount of research into interoperability through the last like 6 months um uh, both Polkadot and Cosmos are going to be here for a very long time. Um, we are so, so, so early in that project's development. But I think Polkadot's going to be here for a very long time. And for that reason, I'm hodling on Polkadot. Um, I will continue to secure the biggest bag possible there. Um, but the other two, I think of in the more of a short-term sense. And with that in mind, I'm selling Solana because I personally believe that it's gone on a hell of a run and it's time to take profits. And I'm going to continue to buy and stack AVAX as far as I can because everything about AVAX is what I see in Solana in terms of like the quality of the development and what that platform is built to do. But in AVAX's case, it's also built multi-chain. So that's like the one thing that Avalanche has on 
on Solana in terms of like they're they've added that component in, whereas Solana does not have a true multi-chain or an interoperability play yet. But to me, that's how I put it out. So I'm going to sell Solana, buy Avalanche, and hodl Polkadot. Well, let's move on to our next, shall we? Next up is talking metaverse real estate. So we have three options here in the sandbox, Decentraland, and Crypto Voxels. But let me preface, this is strictly land. Okay, yeah, of course, you can go and invest in the sandbox and Decentraland or buy Crypto Voxels NFTs. But we're talking about the land. So Richard, buy, seller, hodl, sandbox, Decentraland, Crypto Voxels. Man, I'm going down the line on this one, man. I'm buying as much sandbox as I can. Uh, just it's becoming a big player. It's starting to get a lot of amazing partnerships in the space, and you, you're starting to see some of its land grab for an outrageous amount. The central land's a hodl for me. That it still has a lot of partnerships already created. There's already been a lot of the land that's already been bought and being resold at an outrageous number as well. If you got got into central land, um, the plots of land in like 2000. 1920, like, man, you could have really, really dominated that and been sitting on a gold mine right now. Um, and Voxels, Voxels have been around for a long time too. I think it's really cool. I just I haven't heard as much um, within the ecosystem. So for that, I would sell um, crypto Voxels. And that's how I would play that. How would you go about it? So for me, um, it's a little bit different. I think that I'm going to probably hodl on the sandbox I'm going to buy Decentraland and I'm going to sell crypto voxels. Um, only reason that I take that approach is just because I think that crypto voxels has a very limited scope and they're also attacking the same exact market as the sandbox. So I think it's very limited. I think that Decentraland has a ton of upside and you want to see where that develops into. But um, yeah, I, I think both have really big opportunity. You could honestly flip that buy and hodl it any which way you want. I just think the crypto voxels is limited. But before we move into our last buy seller hodl, I want to throw it over to chat real quick. We had two great questions come in. And normally we would have covered this earlier when it came up, but we're managing a two-person show right now due to a unfortunate um, happening for our producer Chris, who um, is flying up north right now and had some plane trouble apparently. Um, so Ray, you asked us in chat, do you think the board ape takeover is related to the higher resolution? Um, which is a really interesting question to me. Um, so, Richard, do you think that Board Ape taking over has, I mean, anything to do with the graphic resolution? Um, I don't think so. I think it has everything to do more with the experience and like what it means. So, like, you know, if you look at some of the, even like Odell Beckham Jr., you go on his his page right now, he has a, a CryptoPunk. Um, but then you go to some other famous people and they have Board Ape Yops and it's, it's it's all in the perception of what it means to own it. And right now it's kind of more OG, more like a, I'd say kind of a bigger statement of like, I own a crypto punk. Whereas like, if you own a board yacht, it's like, Oh, I'm like, I'm cool because like, I'm part of like this cool group and we go do exclusive stuff. And like, it, it feels like more of that, like, we're going to go and do things. Whereas like a crypto punk's kind of like having a rollie where it's like, you know, yeah, you have like other people who own rollies and it's really cool. And you have like this really exclusive one. Whereas, you know, board at Yap kind of feels like to me, like you're part of like literally like a, a tennis club, like the most exclusive one ever or whatever. And you now because of it, you get to travel the world and go to the best tennis clubs ever, right? That's, that's kind of how I look at the difference. So we talked about um, 
artifacts a little while back. Can you get into that for a second? Like explain why CryptoPunks hold their value right now as opposed to the value behind um, apes? I mean, it's just one of the, it's one of the originals. It's, it's one of the very first ones that came out on the platform and got some notoriety, right? It's, it goes back to the whole concept of why crypto was made in the first place. Like the, you, you had the, 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 I think the Daft Punks that came into the space uh, where some of the first reasons why uh, Bitcoin and crypto is being used was for, um, you know, I want to say like, some shady stuff, if you will, but it was giving a lot of power to the people and, um, you know, a lot of anarchists and other stuff like that. And it, it was like a representation of like the original intention of why crypto was made in the first place. So it's like a, a call to like that remembrance. Whereas like, you know, it's, it's the old age of like, you know, this is what we like really standing for. This is what, you know, this is, this is what was meant to liberate and free us from the regular uh, monetary system that's out there. So it's like, it has like a lot more of that historical and like meaning to that. Whereas Board Yacht yeah, is just truly like a, hey, here's this really cool, amazing, exclusive group. Only the coolest of the coolest kids get in. And once you're in, you don't ever want to leave because we're going to make it so awesome that you're here that you never want to leave. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good summation on it. Again, like I think that the differentiator there is that artifacts are really just like you wanting to say that you have one of the most historical pieces and projects like apes. It's like, it's an access token. It's there to give you an experience more than it is to give you a picture. Uh, But we do have one other question from the chat. Um, Ray, we hope that answers your question. Please let us know if you want more clarity on it later. Um, The other question we had was from cold data. I'm assuming that's how you want us to pronounce your name, sir. Um, Asking how about HBAR? So we can unpack a lot about HBAR, but I had a great conversation um, with the CEO, uh, Dr. Lehman, a while back. And what they're going after is a longer term play, but it's going to be essential um, to ultimately how data is transferred across blockchains and interoperability and, and, and everything else. And right now, HBAR has kind of been like in this threshold of, of support and trying to break through um, both support and levels of resistance. I think as we kind of go into this next bullish cycle and, and even as we go into this bear market, I don't know that it's necessarily going to fall off a cliff. And that's really what you want to see for a lot of the companies and things that you get into that you're getting into projects that are retaining their value. Because what's going to happen is people are going to wake up and realize what they're creating and how it like feeds into everything else. And you're going to see this explosion start to happen. So um, I'm bullish on HBAR. I think it, it's a great long-term play. I don't think it's just ever going to be the super sexy, oh, it's up. now it's up 70%. Like, I don't think we're going to really see that kind of action happen probably into the next uh, bull cycle, but it's still going to be a steady and like really good. Like I I call that like, that's a hodl play for me. Um, I I think right now um, HBAR is a, is a hodl play. So I think I want to leave it at that because, oh man. Breaking news. Niantic Labs, the the group behind Pokemon Go, has just announced they're planning on uh, debuting a metaverse. <laughs> Guys, like they're the biggest project in AR development. The biggest oh. project in all of AR development is planning on, oh my on doing a metaverse play. What is going on? Okay, they have Pokemon Go, sure, but they also have the IP to do their own Harry Potter thing 
They have the original game that they developed where you can like go on treasure hunts and stuff like that. This is, man, man, let me tell you something. Metaverse. Oh my gosh. Are they selling land? Because if they're selling land, you get as much as you can. <laughs> oh my God. Or whatever. And it like, can you imagine they're turning all these like Pokemon Go's legitimately into like a Pokedex? They're only going to have a finite supply of certain Pokemon. So it's, then you exclusively have them and you can access. That's nuts. That's nuts. That ecosystem's going to be nuts. Whatever token that is is going to be insane. Bruh. Yeah, I can't. Wow. Um, that that's insanity. So wow. I'm I'm just perusing the report real quick. So the press release literally just hit the wire on this one. Um, but this comes after um, an investment hub just made a three hundred million dollar investment in the company, and based on the closing of that investment, it's giving Niantic Labs a nine billion dollar valuation. Um, again, a centralized company, $9 billion valuation. That's a big deal. I'm not trying to downplay it. But grand scheme of things, if you compare that to the sandbox right now, well, you see where the money really is. But I'm worried about the centralized future of uh, metaverses. I really hope that Niantic does open things up a bit. Um, but in terms of the way that they are AR mapped, nobody's tech is better than them, period. Okay, there's another platform out there. And yes, if you're on this team, we want to have you on the show. But I've played with your tech. It's not Niantic. It's a platform called OVR. And they're, they're trying to be a decentralized version of Niantic. And their AR mapping is just not there yet. Just isn't. If you go play Pokemon Go in the wild, like it works pretty flawlessly. Um, it's really well done. Um, the graphics are really well executed and they've done that for their other two games again in the, the Harry Potter one then Ingress which was their first one but, but they, to, the, to that point really quickly it's because they've had the time and the money and the resources oh, yeah. and the people to test the crap out of it I mean when 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 Pokemon Go first came out what in 2017 or 18 um, everyone downloaded it like everyone yeah. And so they got to learn very quickly, like how to make adjustments and, and fix. Like it was like they their their growth trajectory went like this, and then it fell off a cliff, and then it kind of like stabilized and has been ticking up ever since. But like the reason that they're going to go dominate is because they've been able to figure this out. Yeah, in the metaverse, one thing really does dominate, and that's IP. So I hope that they do open this up. It would be incredible to see Nintendo and the Pokemon Company like actually do metaverse assets. Um, it'd be a very progressive move on both their parts. I hope that they follow that follow suit with Niantic. It's going to be centralized. Here. You already know it's going to be centralized. You, you know it is. I know it is, but I have hope. <laughs> I'll um, take that. Because again, like, dude, like, Elio Trade says this all the time. Like, gaming is going to eat crypto. It's not going to be the other way around. It's already, like, it's already happening. Yeah, like, you look at some of the biggest gain gainers in in, in as altcoins this year, games. Oh yeah. Yeah, and NFTs have done really well, but you can look at some of these gaming uh alts that came out that have just like legitimately thousand X. Oh yeah. Insane. And again, it's it's only getting started. It is only getting started. Like the sandbox and decentralized decentralized are both in the top fifty right now. Engine will be there. Like rest assured. 
And Immutable X is going to be there too because we need scaling solutions that are specific to NFTs. Anyway, we've gotten totally away from this buy-seller hodl segment. Let's get back to this real quick and close this thing out. Oh, what do we know? We're talking about NFTs now. Great. So buy-seller hodl, gambling apes, the doge pound, and lazy lions. Where do you stand? Man, I am... Same thing, man. I'm buying gambling apes because the ecosystem that they're building out right now is super cool. You literally will be able to use this ape to go and like do online gambling, go to in-person gambling events, which I think they had one back in like September, October, where you could literally, by having one, go to Vegas and enter a, it was a poker or block check tournament, et cetera. You'll have like strategic ones you can do throughout the year. Really cool. The price is already starting to shoot up because people are already starting to see like the ecosystem that's being built there. Um, Doge Pound, um, I'll let you speak to that one a little bit more, but like I'm hodling that one just because they have a lot on their roadmap that they're trying to build out. Lazy Lines, I'm selling it. I'm selling it. I'm selling it. I know people are loving it and that the floor price keeps going up, but that's a sell for me. Look, dude, there's so much going on with gambling apes. There's so much going on with gambling apes. And like, dude, they're doing a metaverse casino. Okay. Like they, they released a trailer for it the other day and it looks incredible. Like they have the entire architecture of this thing already built out. You can go into it and play. Um, but beyond that, I think one of the things that impressed me most about gambling apes and what they're doing right now is that they're being really proactive about bringing on additional team members and they're being really transparent about it too. Um, that is super encouraging to me. So I will go ahead and say that to me, just because of that, I would agree with you. Gambling Apes is my buy. Um, the Doge Pound is my hodl, just as you said. Um, but it's because they're so ambitious and their following is relentless. I think I'm doing a hodl on that one because to me, it's a little bit out of my price range at this stage, stage of the game. Um, in the picture though, you see the puppies Apparently, utility announcement is coming soon for that one. So if you want to take that as a secondary, like buy junior um, because it's a puppy, maybe buy the puppies, but definitely hodl the doge pound. Um, and I'm selling lazy lions because I think they're obnoxious. It, it's really just that simple. Like I, I'm not just saying that because like I have to place a sell somewhere. Like I really don't like the way that lazy lions come across on Twitter. Um, and NFT Twitter is a real thing. It's way, way, way bigger than crypto Twitter as much as like you want to think crypto Twitter is everything. Um, yeah, I'm selling lazy lions. But look, that'll wrap up Buy, Seller, Hodl for us this week. Um, again, every Tuesday here, we cover Buy, Seller, Hodl. We cover Crypto Decrypted. And we cover, um, last but not least, Blockchain Bets. So please come and join us again on another Tuesday edition next week where we'll be getting into that. But again, this week, it's a little different. So we're going to move into now what you have come to know and appreciate on our Tuesday shows. And that is Crypto Decrypted. As you've come to know about our show here on Tuesdays, we love to decrypt some of the bigger topics in the space so we can give you a better understanding, get you from beginner to intermediate to expert along your crypto journey. And this week is no different because this week we are talking about the subject of airdrops. So first and foremost, Richard, tell the folks a little bit about what is an airdrop. An airdrop, very simply, is when you are giving 
given something for free and a wallet address. So for an example, um, an airdrop that has uh, happened in the past, uh, actually very recently, and which we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, if you got one of the ENS tokens recently, then you had been uh, airdropped their governance token. Um, another one that happened was if you, we've been talking about the Board 8 Yacht Club a lot. If you owned a Board 8 Yacht, they literally airdropped you a Board Mutant, uh, which <laughs> the floor price on that from day one when it came out was roughly $16,000. So literally for you owning one, you immediately got airdropped this thing that you can immediately sell for like 16 grand. So the idea of an airdrop is that for being one of the first or for being a uh, faithful user or what have you, the people within that project want to reward their community for um, being one of the first or, or for being our participants to help build out their ecosystem. And they reward you with something that's valuable that you can immediately sell on the open market um, for a profit. And those are, those are airdrops. Yeah. And again, it's like it's participation, it's early user adoption, like things like that. So in this whole airdrop landscape and how it's developed, there are a few projects that have gone really, really well. There have also been a few projects that have gone really, really bad. So when we look across this landscape, especially in the ones that have gone really, really well and that are larger, it's not uncommon to see like a five-figure airdrop. Yeah. So it, it's kind of a testament to like why you should be involved in some of these like early projects. You know, the first one that Richard had mentioned that went well was the Board Ape Yacht Club. And in Board Ape, like if you were a user and during the time that they took their snapshot of all the wallets that held Board Apes, they dropped you what was called a serum. And that serum could be used to mutate your ape. That's how it went. The rollout of it was flawless. Like everyone was super stoked about it, so much to the point that like, Mutant apes are at a ridiculous ratio right now of um, apes to users. Um, like I think that we're pretty close to a, a two to one ratio in that regard right now. But that was an airdrop that went really, really well for them. Um, most recently, you had the ENS airdrop, which is the Ethereum name service. So like domains for Ethereum. Um, they did their airdrop for users that had registered the uh, domain properly and attached it to a wallet address and, and were registered for a period of time. It, like the amount that you got scaled based on that. That was a really successful one. Most users at the very low end were talking about like, I think it was something like 12K equivalent. Yeah. But again, why do they do that? Because you have two very different concepts here, right? You have NFTs airdropping and you have protocols. ENS did their airdrop because they wanted to further decentralize their organization and give governance as like the purpose of their token. So interesting there, whereas Board Ape is literally just rewarding early users. And then last but not least, you have DEXs. So again, similar thing. They like they were using, they're finding utility for these tokens, but at the same time, it's for governance. So you had both DYDX, which is an exchange, I believe, on Polygon, right? I think so. And then you have Uniswap, which is an exchange, of course, on Ethereum. Both of these, mm -hmm. their tokens originated from airdrops. And I don't even want to try to do the math as to what that return would be right now on Uniswap. So really quickly, and 
only reason I want to add this is because most airdrops as well are typically multipliers and super high multipliers on what the original investment to be an early adopter was. For example, you could have uh, minted a, a board eight yacht when it first came out. And if you did, God bless you for hundreds of dollars. Now the floor on a board eight yacht is thousands of dollars. I think actually six yeah, figures. It's, it's six figures. Six figures, right? And so literally, that's the kind of multiplier that's there. Even when you think about ENS, um, roughly how much did it cost to get one ENS, Steve? Why, why you got to help me like that, man? <laughs> I'm just trying I, to show I, the examples of multipliers. I, okay. I wasn't looking to publicize it, but yeah, you could have gotten your ENS token for as low as... I think it was like... It's only a couple bucks to buy the domain if it's available. But then like you can register it for a certain period of time, like a normal domain, like whether you want it for a year or two years on into the future. Um, like I think like out to a hundred years or something like that. Silly. Yeah. Insane. If, even if you got like out to like 50 years, I think it's like only 250 bucks. So again, the multiplier on that, absolutely insane. If you look at Uniswap, Uniswap when it first came out on Coinbase was worth a couple, it wasn't even a dollar. I believe it was a couple, couple cents, maybe what, 10 cents, 20 cents, something like that. And yeah, when you got airdropped, you got thousands of dollars. So airdrops, typically when you get them, are ridiculous, ridiculous multiples on top of early investors. And the reason that these communities do that is because they've been able to grow at such an outrageous rate. They think it's, it's, a, it's an actual genuine thank you for helping us get here. And here's why you want to stay with us as we go into this next phase. So like, you got to think about that. Like, why would someone be willing to give away that much money back to their original community? And it's going back to the value that a lot of these communities are trying to be value-based and are trying to be value-driven and show why you want to grow to that next phase. For example, you know, you to become a billion dollar company, you have to really see it as something that's going to be here and, and keep going into the future and keep trying to take over the market caps of like the Ethereums and everything else. But like the only way that you really get there is for for there to be hype, for people to be excited and for others to want to join that ecosystem. And what better way to do that than to reward early adopters. And so usually your early adopters are the ones that are getting these airdrops. And that's why we, it, it just made sense to talk about airdrops today because everyone gets excited about them. But a lot of people don't necessarily know like how you even get involved. And there's a ton of really bad examples of airdrops as well. So how about we look at some of those? I just want to give one quick perspective because like, again, the ENS airdrop is a great example, but like perspective on the Uniswap drop, I just looked it up. Um, the all-time registered low for Uniswap token was registered on September 17th um, of 2020 at 41 cents, roughly. And if you were able to sell that at the high, which was May 3rd of this year, because it has not yet recovered to that level, it would have been 100x. It was trading at $44.97. That's insane. So, like perspectives, everything. But again, you have to keep in mind, you didn't buy Uniswap's token for like 40 cents you got Uniswap's token for using the protocol, right? So perspective is everything. It's like you're using the protocol early, you're buying an NFT, you're getting a domain. It's that type of stuff. So we're going to get into that a little bit more. Airdrops that tanked, like really bad. <laughs> I, my favorite is 
flare network because some people say that like it's still in process like we're going to get it happen like no flare network was the airdrop on XRP that never happened they basically hyped this up that like they were going to drop these tokens to users and then they talked about it more and they talked about it more and then the lawsuit happened and then they talked about it less and then they talked about it less and they started talking about it more and now we're just still in limbo um airdrops that tank are ones that build too much hype and then don't execute the other version of an airdrop that tanks i'm going to let you talk about <laughs> this is called bad publicity it's bad pr it's bad just it's bad so it's just bad you know i there's there's not so much many more words i could use other than how disappointing this was so first of all if you owned a ledger wallet and um, at a certain time and you had Ethereum in it, basically what these people did was they found these people who own ledger wallets and addresses and they just airdropped them um, these kick tokens. Um, I think most people got like 800,000, 800, it's just a bunch of eights, eight, 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 eight. And so it wasn't worth like a ton of money. It was just in there chilling, doing its own thing. All of a sudden you wake up one day and it's worth like, a lot more. It's worth it, you know, 10,000 up more. And when you would try to go and get, get it, uh, turns out the day that it made that jump, that they basically burned all of those tokens because you had to take that token and then you were supposed to convert it to version 2.0 and you had a certain date to do it. Now, the only way that you would have known to do that was if you were in active in their Telegram channels or following their Twitter or, or what have you. But again, people got airdropped this random token that they'd never asked for and didn't really have a reason to look into it. And then, it's, of course, as soon as like that happened, everyone at the exact same time went looking. Everyone joined their Telegram channel. Everyone joined their Twitter, did all this stuff. And so they got this giant wave of people. But not only were these people joining, they were also very, very, very mad because they realized that they couldn't get it. So it kind of looks like it was just a bad PR play. And again, like it's just unnet, like don't give someone value and then just take it away with, with like just to like play with people's emotions. Like that, you want to talk about the ultimate way to like kill your brand before it even starts? Piss off a ton of people simultaneously all at the exact same time and then give a really bad excuse when you then join their channel to get an explanation of what happened. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't have said that one better. And again, like I think the 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 major issue with Kick was this the contract migration. That was it. Like they it could have been really successful, but the team just botched it. You know, if you want to ruin your PR really quickly, do it that way. But otherwise like there's a model out there that works. You know, like you should be thinking about it from that perspective. It's like, okay, how did successful you know projects deploy? Then follow that model. What projects de- deployed? What, what were they doing before they deployed? I should be watching for that. But need a quick disclaimer first, right? You have to be skeptical about a lot of these because once word of an airdrop gets out, all of the phishing links come out. So. All of them. You have to be reasonably skeptical about any links that you ever see in crypto, whether it's associated with an airdrop or not. But especially in the case of airdrops, you could easily be getting fished. 
Um, so please stay skeptical of this stuff because you don't want to get hacked and you don't want to ever give out your private seed. Well, I'm sorry, your private keys or your seed phrase. Very, very important security reminder there. But Richard, tell me, tell me a little bit about this because like we have two big questions associated with airdrops. The first of which is, are there other ways besides airdrops to get free crypto? 100%. And before I answer that, really quickly, just going back to this, the clicking links. A, a prime example is that is if you buy certain NFTs, if you go into your OpenSea or you go somewhere else and you all of a sudden see this random NFT, that could be a really quick, easy, quick clickbait way to get fished. So be very careful if you all of a sudden randomly get these random NFTs chilling in your NFT portfolio. So I just want to give a real quick example of that. Yeah, don't sell them. Don't buy, don't buy them. Just hide them. That's what I keep telling you. And like, I, I even talked to my brother about that today because he said that he got one of them today. And I just said, look, if it's already hidden, great. Otherwise, hide it, call it a day, don't look at it. I also, I also tell him to do that with Bones Club, but that's just between you and me. So, <laughs> so anyway, are there Story other... another day. Yeah, the seriously. other ways to get free crypto, one of the easiest ways, especially if you're a US citizen... If you're on Coinbase, you go to Coinbase Earn. Coinbase Earn literally teaches you about the newest cryptos that are coming on its platform and they pay you to literally learn. That's right. You get free crypto money for learning about the project, the protocol, security token, whatever it is. And you can, a couple of things. You can buy it and hold on to it and just see if it appreciates or you literally can go and do that. You can convert it into another crypto that you want to and it's a really quick way to... Make 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever it is. Just it, It's free money. Um, and then I'll let you speak to uh, staking. And the second way to get it is by staking the crypto that you already have. So again, preface, you need to have crypto to be able to get free crypto via this mechanism. But that would be by staking whatever assets you currently hold, whether it's like USDC, USDT, Bitcoin, Ethereum, you pick. You can go into any one of these protocols which if you're on YouTube, you're watching this with us, we have up on screen Celsius Network, Nexo, um, BlockFi, and Injective Protocol. All of them will reward you at a much higher annual percentage yield than any bank will on your normal money. So it's basically just you're generating interest on what you are depositing into these wallets in a lot of cases or these staking protocols. So two really easy ways there to get your hands on some free crypto. But the, there's one bigger question, right? Obviously, these airdrops that have already happened, you can't cash in. They're behind you. Sorry, Rich. You can't go buy an ENS domain and pick <laughs> up a whole bunch of ENS right now. Um, I wish. Jo joke's on us because we had that conversation the day it happened. <laughs> so what are some airdrops that could be coming soon? That's the big question right now. There's a really great resource online that I will try to find and put in the show notes. It details all of these speculated airdrops that are coming. The truth is, is that that's all it is. It's speculation right now. But there is one project that is massive that very likely has an airdrop coming soon, and that is MetaMask. So real quick, Richard, what is MetaMask and how does it fit into all of this? So MetaMask is a wallet that lives on Chrome and a couple other places, but ultimately it's for it's a web browser first um, wallet for crypto. And one of the easiest ways you can do it, you usually start on the Ethereum blockchain, and, but then you can add other things like Binance Smart Chain, Matic, some others. Um, but again, 
what you do is you're able to take a lot of, and, and usually this is the entry point into getting into NFTs because you most people go through OpenSea. You go on like a, a Coinbase, Crypto.com, whatever it is, buy some Ethereum, then you're going to send it to your MetaMask wallet address. And then from your MetaMask wallet address, you connect that to like OpenSea, then you buy your first NFT. So MetaMask is usually that first wallet, that first bridge into getting you into the world of altcoins. Uh, especially because if you want to use like Uniswap and other stuff like that, and it's the other bridge into the NFT world. So MetaMask is one of the most popular, like we dropped earlier. Um, I think they have, what, over 26 million users now. Um, it's like one of the most popular world, worldwide uh, crypto wallets, um, especially as it re- relates to the Ethereum blockchain. Yep. So that's a quick primer on what MetaMask is. And as I kind of have referred to it in the past, like it's your gateway drug to DeFi. Um, but really with MetaMask, the big utility of it just came out in like the last six months or so. And that's the, you now have a swap protocol built into MetaMask. So directly in your MetaMask from the very first page where you look and see what assets you have and what Ethereum you have, there is now an option next to buy and sell. It says swap. So you can convert ETH directly in the MetaMask um, wallet to whatever um, other tokens you want to buy at a given moment. And it actually is aggregating those price inputs from a number of different sources. It's not just like now MetaMask has a DEX. It's taking it from like one inch and Uniswap and SushiSwap and like a whole bunch of others to get you the best exchange with like less slippage in terms of like how that exchange executes. Best liquidity Um, you can get. Yeah, the best liquidity you can get. So the current theory is that if you want to be rewarded for a mask token, once they decide to drop it, you have to go into MetaMask and start doing a couple of swaps. Not saying that you have to pay you know, a whole bunch to do it. Like, of course, there's fees associated. But realistically, it's probably worth it to open a, a couple of different MetaMask wallets and do a couple hundred dollars in transactions. Because if you can do and afford to do that, it could pay you 10k plus for every single wallet. I mean, that just could be absolutely insane. So to me, I'm like already planning on dividing up into a couple different wallets um, outside of my hardware wallet. But I would recommend looking into it more because their developer community has been talking about it a lot more lately. And even the head of consensus who owns MetaMask has been talking about how they're planning on decentralizing more and more of the projects that they own. MetaMask being one. So, yeah. and on that, again, just a quick reminder uh, do your own research. Uh, we are not giving financial advice. We're telling you things that we personally are doing in our own opinions on things that are out there. So, again, whatever you decide to do, that is your decision. Um, one of the things that we are looking at as we look into the community and everything else as, as opportunities of potential airdrops, this seems like it could be one. It's not guaranteed. There's no 100%, there's no guarantee that this will happen. There's a strong likelihood that it points to that it could. Yep. And again, I, I think that's really important that we continue to own that. I've been doing a really bad job bringing it up at the beginning of the show. I've in the past said that we are your financial speculators and your crypto commentators. That is very true here. Do not ever take what we say as financial advice. We're just giving you our opinions. So with that being said, do you have anything else that you want to add on airdrops? No, I think we did a great job of covering it all. And uh, it's a great thing to get. It's one of the greatest gifts you can ever get. You'll literally brag to your friends about it because it puts a smile on your face when you wake up and have 
a solid amount of money in there that wasn't there before and you did not a whole lot to do it other than being a part of a community. Absolutely. Well, look, that's going to do it for Crypto Decrypted then. Um, again, if you want a specific topic covered on Crypto Decrypted, drop us a comment. We would love to hear what you want to hear from us and give you the information that you want to learn more about. Um, you can always get in touch with us via the comment section or in the chat. So um, again, that's going to do it for Crypto Decrypted. Let's jump into our final segment of this mega show that has gone on for a very long time. Um, crowd favorite, this is Blockchain Bets. So by now, you should know the drill. Every single week on Tuesdays, we bring you Blockchain Bets, where we each make our picks. One blue chip pick in the top 50 in terms of market cap, a mid cap pick in the uh, market cap range of 50 to 300. And then we venture into the DGEN casino where we love to play and pick coins that could theoretically 100x. This week, just like every other week, Richard's going to start us off and give us his blue chip pick first. Richard, what is your blue chip pick this week for Thanksgiving? So my Thanksgiving pick is going to be one that Steve brings up all the time, but hasn't brought up in a long time, but I'm going to stick with it because it is our friendly friend Cardano. The reason being is that Cardano, even after finally launching its smart contracts and having things go in the market, it's kind of just, it's just been capturing a whole lot of support. Hadn't really been making gains. You've seen it go down a little bit, go back up to around $2 and it's just kind of been hanging out. I think it's due. Um, I think based on technical analysis and just looking at where the price has been and, and everything else going on and the fact that there's not a lot of bad news coming out about it or anything else like that, like it's just been building support. And whenever it has this next run, I think it's going to probably retest its all-time highs, which was a little bit over $3. So um, I, just, I just think it's due. So my call this week is going to be Cardano. You know me, normally I would tell you, you know, I'm never going to complain with a Cardano pick. Um, but I'm going to add one thing. I am, for the very first time on this show, going to tell you I'm a little bit worried about Cardano. I think that saying that it's due is an understatement. I think it's overdue. And when you get to overdue, that leads me to believe that it may not happen. I'm not saying sell. I'm not saying buy. I'm just telling you from my perspective as a long-term Cardano bull, I'm getting worried. There's some news on that at the end of the show that we will talk about and what to watch for. But my blue chip pick this week is going to be Elrond. Elrond, otherwise known as eGold, is a big time layer one solution in its own right. Um, so they're building a Web3 ecosystem on Elrond, but they also just recently launched their Myar DEX. So that is where you're going to be able to exchange different assets on Elrond. I personally think that it's one of the most undervalued Web3 ecosystems. It's fast. It's very effective. It's got a massive user base. And it's been building and building and building and building. If the news keeps coming out about Myr that it is a really, really high-functioning DEX, wouldn't be surprised to see Elrond do a couple of like big, big pumps up in the near-term future. But let's jump into your mid-cap. What do you got this week? So my mid cap is going to be Immutable X. It's gone on an absolute tear. I mean, from this point that this thing ICO'd uh, pretty recently, um, it you know it jumped out the gates, got around four bucks, and it pulled back down to around like three fifty, and it has just gone on a run. And I don't think it's going to stop the the support 
this company has the the money invested into this the fact that this thing just ICO'd and is already a mid cap i got to i got to just reemphasize that real quick this thing just came out and is already a mid cap coin that is nuts and not like a bottom mid cap it's at 91 yeah that is insane and it just goes to show what people believe about this, uh, the support that's already within this community and that there's just so much more to come. So Immutable X is my pick. Uh, it's already been on a pretty good tear. I don't, I, don't see it, I don't see it stopping. I don't see it stopping anytime soon. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you and I talked about this earlier when we were making our picks. Um, you're a jerk. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, yeah, I 100% was going to pick Immutable X. I think gaming crypto is the future, man. I, I honestly am like starting to distance myself further and further from DeFi. And like the majority of my portfolio right now, I believe it's the majority, is in Web3. And then the next biggest percentage is in gaming. Um, so I think Immutable X as a layer two solution for scaling in NFTs, especially, is a big deal. But to fight you off, I think that Affinity is bigger. Affinity <laughs> um, is the. Um, essentially the interoperable cousin of Engine Coin, who happens to be one of the biggest gaming um, advocates and platforms in the space. They're basically enabling all of crypto gaming with tools to build out games better and faster for the blockchain. Affinity is their Polkadot parachain um, eligible, because again, they haven't secured it yet, token that is going to hope to make all NFTs interoperable and multi-chain. I think that they're primed for this. They have the capital and the following to secure a parachain. I'm not worried about it. Um, I almost kind of see it as inevitable at this point. So Affinity, I've actually brought it up before, gets my nod of approval now, but I also will give it my nod of approval into the future. I think that any price point from now into the bear market is too low. Wow. You are not bullish enough about Affinity. I promise you that. The only thing I want to add real quick is not anything relevant to crypto, but rather the logo. So I don't know if anyone in here is a Marvel fan and is a Green Lantern fan, but if you look at the Affinity logo, it is vaguely familiar of the Green Lantern's logo with just an extra line in between. Just wanted to throw that out there. Just throwing a little shade. So I hear you, but I'm going to shade you as a nerd. If you knew your Green Lantern, you'd know he was DC. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> I'll take that. So um, if you're looking at it from that perspective, I'll agree with you fine. But if you also look at it from the perspective, if you just turn Engine's logo backwards and overlay it with itself, that's what you get. <laughs> Love it. It's literally an E and then a backwards E and they put them together and like squared them up. That's what the Affinity logo is if you're listening to us on Recast instead of through YouTube. But hey, if you're listening to us through Recast, come join us on YouTube sometime. We're here and we want to help answer your questions. DJ and Casino Play, give me it. NFT champions. So let me tell you about something that you've never heard of that you need to hear of and something that's going on absolute tear. So we talked about gaming a lot today and this is another gaming play. So this is a gaming play in an NFT space. Um, in the metaverse space. And um, they're basically making this game where you can buy a bunch of NFTs and basically compete against each other and, and do some cool stuff with it. Now, about a month ago, uh, this thing was worth about 
you know, you, you could have got anywhere from three cents to about six cents. This thing is now worth, it got up to 98 cents. It's, it's on a tear. And there's got to be a reason for this. The market cap on this is, is still pretty low. Um, so this thing has a lot of room to keep running. Um, and it, I think a lot of people are starting to get excited about it. People are starting to learn more about it. And, and I think it's starting to get a little bit of adoption. So uh, if this isn't on your radar, look into it. It, it could be one of those, the gaming plays that continues to have quite a bit of success. I am really, really interested in this project. Um, I think that you've got a good pick here. I think that your pick and my pick are probably both going to succeed. I know that I may have mentioned Engine earlier, and I just mentioned Affinity. But have I told you about Engine Starter? Engine Starter is the launch pad that has been endorsed by Engine. So they're not formally affiliated, but they have backing from Engine. Which means that they're going to be working together in some way. I'll take it one step further. A launch pad by a different name in the gaming world is a studio. And there are two that have been just exploding in relevance across the last two weeks, one of which got listed to Coinbase. That was Gala Games. They've now since done like a 500% gain in two weeks. And then the other one is Vulcan Forged. Both are really, really incredible projects, but they pitch themselves as basically blockchain gaming studios. Engine Starter is planning on being the catalyst, the accelerator for a bunch of big-time NFT gaming projects, a few of which you will find are super legit. Um, Go check out the project through its website. Um, We'll try to link it in the description below if we can remember to, because again, this has been a massive, massive episode. So we want to make sure that we're trying to link as much as we can, but we can't guarantee shit. So. Engine starter, that's my final pick, but that will wrap up blockchain bets for this week. In the blue chips, you got Cardano and Elrond. In the mid caps, you got Immutable X and Infinity. And in the DGen Casino, you have NFT Champions and Engine Starter. If you have your own picks and you want to give us the what for and tell us that you got a better pick this week, hit us up on Twitter. Get at us at our handle above at underscore cryptocurrent underscore, or of course, leave a comment on YouTube. Also, do us a favor. If you disagree with any of our picks, like let us have it. I'm more than happy to have a conversation and tell you why you're wrong. But again, that's going to wrap up Blockchain Bets for this week. Let's kick off the screen share and get me out of focus because I don't like being that big on the screen. And get our handles up there. If you want to get at us individually on Twitter, you can get at me at Steve Miller underscore PHX. You can get at Richard at Richard Carthon. Please discuss with us what you think about the show. We would love to get your input. But before we go, we have one or two final things to do. First of which is the announcements that come in the form of what you need to watch for in the upcoming week. What to watch for. This upcoming week, just like every week, we have some very big interviews out. So just yesterday, Richard had his interview release with Ingo Rube. Is that how we pronounce it? Let's do it. Cool. From Kilt Protocol. Great, great Polkadot project. Um, Very worth having on your radar. But again, you got a lot of really great content out of that interview. Then on Friday, Richard's sitting down with Leighton Emmons from the Blockchain Boys Club. Really great content there. And then also across the next week, you have some big industry events going on. 
on November 24th, which is tomorrow, you have Bitstamp listing ADA. Meanwhile, ADA is getting delisted on eToro. I have no idea why, other than they're claiming regulation and it's wrong. Um, November 25th, you have Cardano 360, their big monthly event. Um, please tune in. Apparently, there's going to be a big announcement. November 29th, you have the f- way, 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 way overhyped, but also very exciting launch of the Sandbox Alpha. Um, that release is going to be your first opportunity to jump into the Sandbox metaverse and explore what they've developed. I'm really pumped about that. I don't have an Alpha Pass, though. You have to get an Alpha Pass to participate in that. Um, November 30th, Binance Smart Chain is running its Bruno Hard Fork upgrade. Richard, you may care about that because you are a fan of Binance Smart Chain. I, on the other hand, am moving on to our next piece of news. November 30th, Cardano Plutus application is going to be upgrading its backend framework. Plutus is basically the piece of Cardano's infrastructure that allows them to run smart contracts. Um, So it's going to be a very welcome upgrade because a lot of people are complaining about the framework itself. So um, I'm very excited for all of that news that we have upcoming. Uh, But Richard, do you have any final announcements for our amazing audience this um, holiday special? This holiday special has been an extra long one, but extra fun and full of content. We hope you enjoy it. Again, if you have feedback, please reach out to us. We want to know. Um, We are actively continuing to build our community um, one of the ways that you can connect with us is Discord. So we are going to start building out our Discord channel as well. So be on the lookout for that. And honestly, like if you find this helpful, please share it with share it with somebody. Like we we really create this because we care about informing people. This isn't just so me and Steve can sit up here on our, our soapbox and and kick it. Although it is fun to to chat and you know mess with them every once in a while, but. We really do want to help inform you and educate you. And if you're finding value in this, we want you to share this with others. So uh, as our thankful moment right now, we want to thank you for being part of our community. We want to thank you for growing with us as it's been a really exciting year as we've learned a lot and like keep on putting out even more amazing content for you. And yeah, if, if, if you appreciate it, we, our only ask is that you go and share this with someone. Yep, that is Richard's only ask. I, on the other hand, will ask a whole bunch of other things. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know by liking and commenting. We need to hear from you. We need to hear from you. Um, But also make sure that you are subscribed on YouTube and or that you are following us on any podcast platform that you like because we recast these episodes every, um, I think, two days post release of it on YouTube live so that just in case you want to recap it and you want to listen to it in the car, you can safely watch slash listen to the recap because you don't want to watch videos while you're driving. That again, is going to do do it for us here at CryptoCurrent Live. We will be back next week, not this upcoming Thursday, um, for a brand new edition live at 7 p.m. Eastern. Please set your reminders on your phone now. But otherwise, stay grateful and stay CryptoCurrent. We'll see you next time. 